given name. This is Adaptively Intersectional, bringing you disability news. Part of the technical difficulties we just had, I was using a different device and it did not want to go live. I'm going to adjust my microphone briefly so you're going to hear a <laughs> I hope you appreciate my sound effects. They're very attractive. I just don't want you to hear me breathe into my microphone like this. Because <laughs> everyone, you know, really enjoys that. I had someone, I was on the phone with them. And they had to tell me, I cannot ignore it any longer. You're breathing. <laughs> Into the microphone. <clears throat> so please tell me if I am doing so. I was going to use my nicer microphone, and it's it's just been the struggle with this podcasting. I have a very nice microphone, but the device that it it needs the cord for, it's just it's just not cooperative. Anyway, to be more accessible, you can also follow along. On our blog. The link is in the description, as you will see. Hello, Sparkly Society. It's been a while since we have done a disability news. Welcome back. As we just mentioned, if this is being read on the blog, yes, common sense has finally kicked in. And this is the accessibility frillability has needed. It took me a while. I am sorry. Our long podcasting break has been due to my own health and disability. On Tuesday, September 19th, I had my final spinal cord stimulator surgery. I'm an electricity producing cyborg now. Very exciting stuff. Despite being holed up in bed, the following story quite literally ejected me out of my little pillow fort two weeks ago in rage. Even if... Everything turns out fine, and it'll never get past. Like people say when issues don't affect them. The ramifications of the following are very serious. We have covered articles about Medicaid cuts. This is worse. Congress is trying to rip apart ADA, specifically Title III. The article reporting on the issue is entitled The Quiet Attack on the ADA Making Its Way Through Congress by Eliza Schultz, Rebecca Coakley, and Rebecca Vallis of the Center for American Progress. As an aside, this isn't in the blog. Now, usually what we do is we just read the article. Because this is scripted, what I wanted to do is just take parts of the article and discuss them more concisely. So that's what we're going to be doing today. If I didn't mention that's from, this article is from the Center for American Progress. Let's go over the main points. A, what rights does Title III give us? From ADA.gov, from, uh, from ADA.gov, pardon me. Title III prohibits discrimination on the basis of disability in the activities of places of public accommodations, businesses that are generally open to the public and that fall into one of 12 categories listed in the ADA, such as restaurants, movie theaters, schools, 
daycare facilities, recreation facilities, and doctor's offices, and requires newly constructed or altered places of public accommodations, as well as commercial facilities, privately owned, non-residential facilities such as factories, warehouses, or office buildings to comply with the ADA standards. These types of businesses are actually a lot more than you would think, and we'll go over that at the end of this. B. How is this bill blocking Title III written? The ADA Education and Reform Act, this is from the, Ameri the Center for American Progress.org, the ADA Education and Reform Act would create onerous red tape for people with disabilities attempting to enforce their rights under the ADA. Specifically, the bill requires anyone seeking to file a lawsuit under Title III to first provide written notice to the business owners in violation of the law, citing very specific details regarding the provisions of the statute that apply to their particular case. Business owners would then have 60 days to acknowledge the violation and another 120 days to at least make, in quotes, substantial progress. Just let that, let that soak in. 60 days to acknowledge it and another 120 to very vaguely make substantial progress towards rectifying it. This means that under the bill, places of public accommodation, which have had nearly three decades, three decades, to comply with the ADA, would have yet another six months to just begin to rectify their violations of the law. As the American Civil Liberties Union points out under this bill, business owners can spend years out of compliance and face no penalty even after they receive notice so long as the owners claim in quotes substantial progress people with disabilities in turn would have to wait at least that long to access justice so that's 180 days what is that nine months around nine months if i'm doing the math in my head correctly of not being able to go to businesses go to places that you need to go like a doctor or a school that you need to access and there's no promise after that period of time that you can even go there see why is this happening? This is, oh, this is the great part. I say sarcastically. You know when your mom used to watch an Oprah show episode about a serial killer? And then you were banned from everything for weeks because the whole world was bad. I was angry with Oprah for a long time. Quite literally. A 60-minute special is the Oprah special for conservatives. Or at least the scapegoat of the moment. I, I'm not amused. It's not endearing and forgivable. 
like we could forgive our mothers when they eventually moved on to something else. Quoted from the article, this latest attempt to curtail the civil rights of people with disabilities was reignited by a popular 60-minute segment alleging the widespread filing of frivolous Title III lawsuits by attorneys who spot ADA violations using, for example, Google Earth. The segment implies that people with disabilities have no complaints about the non-compliant establishment, but that because of these lawsuits, business owners end up with a bill that many of them cannot afford to foot. It's important to note that under Title III, those in violation of the ADA do not have to pay any monetary damages, only attorney's fees and injunctive relief, meaning business owners must remedy the violation. So-called frivolous lawsuits, however, are nowhere near as pervasive as proponents of the ADA Education and Reform Act suggest. Proponents of the bill point to increases over the past several years in Title III filings, including a 37% uptick in 2016 compared with 2015. But a quick look at these numbers shows that this increase is easily explained by a small number of large-scale filers. In fact, just 12 individual attorneys and a single disability law firm were responsible for more than one-third of all Title III lawsuits filed in 2016, accounting for more than 100 cases each. And again, that was from the Center for American Progress.org. I am sure that there are a few crooks, but what gets me the most is that people are finally taking a stand against injustice, and the government feels bad for the businesses who should have been compliant in the first place. Instead of being creative in helping people access their businesses, they screwed up. They should pay those fines. They had plenty of time and did not want to. They knew that disabled people existed in the world when they chose their properties. What do I mean by being creative? Let's define that. We all know that some buildings are just old. Not all of them can, say, have an elevator. But they could install wheelchair lifts. They come in many varieties for just about every need. Linked in the blog form of this podcast, the inclined stair platform lift is, in my opinion, the best solution for a steeper, greater number of stairs. For example, for example, in an older apartment building where a also linked vertical platform lift is not feasible. Hint, crowdfunding business owners. Now, all some buildings need are a ramp or two. That is extra easy, not to mention much more affordable. Why wouldn't they do this? Some of them buy a ramp. And it's a safety nightmare because they did not do their due diligence to research the proper installation, length, and ADA requirements. In fact, I have flipped out of my chair in the snow due to a business's negligence. Others could renovate their bathrooms. For another example, turning to inaccessible tiny stalls into single-occupant accessible toilet. No, this is not 
anything most businesses I have visited think about. One queer Chicago venue I will not name insisted to me it was accessible during Pride this summer. I pointed out on their Facebook event that nowhere could I find any information about accessibility, and event organizers vehemently defended themselves, silencing me, but not ever answering my questions in a satisfactory manner, even in private message. I did not attend their event as I did not feel safe, or most others during Pride for this reason. They were mostly inaccessible. Months later, I went there with crutches. It was a good thing I did not have my wheelchair. That elevator they promised existed in private message. I could not access it from the outside. I had to use the stairs, which hurt a lot. I danced for about a song and a half, one with crutches and one without, supported by a partner. If I didn't have to use the stairs, I probably would not have had to sit most of the night, exhausted and in pain. The biggest pain and exhaustion always hits me days later. For about three days after the weekend, I was in bed, unable to leave the house. I had wanted to have a weekend of adventure, and I can tell you exactly the number, thi- the, the number of things I was able to do, how I felt doing them. It would have been completely different if I hadn't hauled myself up a large staircase. Some other things happened there that I really did not appreciate as well, but I don't want to make a big stink in a community I love. My point being, if I wanted to file a complaint with this business and this law passed, absolutely nothing would happen. They would continue to be inaccessible with no consequences. Disabled people will never matter to them. The government sides with able business owners and decides to further condemn the disabled. We won't be able to tell. And the following is from ADA.gov. I have all of my sources linked. Restaurants, hotels, theaters, convention centers, retail stores, shopping centers, dry cleaners, laundromats, pharmacies, doctor's offices, hospitals, hospitals, museums, libraries, parks, zoos, amusement parks, private schools, daycare centers, health spas, and bowling alleys. Hey, we deserve to be here. We will have no place to go. What is most depressing to me is that I started writing this two weeks ago, September 23rd. And I still have not heard a single thing about this topic in the news. I have not seen anything pop up in my news feed. Usually I get worried when I'm behind on my work, some other writer is going to get to the hot story first. But I am more worried now that they have not. Why aren't we talking about this? What are you going to do about it? What will your life look like when your rights are taken away? How much will you care when someone you love cannot access public places? 
Will you help them? To what end? That's all we have for this evening. I hope it gives you something to think about, something to chew on. Please share this with your friends, your family members, people that you care about, because people need to know. I don't know the details of when this is going through Congress or if it's already been passed because it's been two weeks now. But if you can, talk to your Congress people. Because, you know, that's probably our best bet. Right. Talk about it. Do something. Thank you for listening this evening. Sending you lots of love and light. And as always, make good with your ability. Bye-bye.